The Mariners are now just one game under 500 after sweeping the Padres. Now they're enjoying a much-needed day off, but we ain't taking the day off here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast. It is Wednesday, July 6, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Sadie Gonzalez, joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patton. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash Control Zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. If this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it we're going to be talking about andres muñoz later on in the show who has been one of the best relievers in baseball for the last five or six weeks we're also going to be talking a little bit about the standings and where the mariners sit right now in the wild card race with 10 games to go until the all-star break but first let's get into yesterday's game because we recorded yesterday's episode before the game happened did not do our typical post-game show uh let's uh look back on this one and uh take a look at logan gilbert who uh went five and a third innings and uh was not very sharp for the second start in a row he strikes out just one walks three gives up two runs only one of them earned the other one coming off of a booted ball by adam frazier uh but gilbert was pretty lucky to get out of this one with just that damage done to him right yeah you know it's it's actually been pretty touch and go for the last three or four starts it's just really started to uh kind of show up stats wise in the last two uh, you know, we've said this before, I guess we'll say it again. Uh, Logan Gilbert does not have tremendous stuff. Not a stuff guy, right? I mean, he's not Sandy Alcantara. He, he's got a very good fastball that plays up because of the extension he gets. Um, and he's got probably, you know, slightly above average and kind of a fringe average change in curveball. Um, he is not a stuff guy. So what that means is that the fastball, he has to get value out of it. Um, because the other off-speed pitches, A, he doesn't control them well enough yet or consistently enough to uh, live on those pitches, uh, and they're also not so filthy that he's going to get a ton of swing and miss on them. So he has to have the fastball. And yesterday, the fastball, it was very clear the Padres had a plan. They wanted to hunt the fastball early in counts because they knew they were going to get it. Uh, they took good swings at it. Gilbert was uh, very little command, uh, you know, three walks isn't, terrible but in five and a third it's not ideal obviously there were a lot of misses and then when he did throw the fastball for a strike it was usually in the middle of the plate um even when it was elevated it was still middle of the plate so gilbert has to have the fastball it, he has to have 55 command of the fastball or he's going to struggle like he did yesterday and, and you know if gilbert's going to struggle and go five innings and give up one earned then fine you take it that's that's a pretty good you know bad start uh but it is something he's going to have to hammer out here um, I, his next start will be against the nationals, I believe, unless the Mariners change things up with their, uh, rotation with the off day today. 
So we'll see. He's going to end up with, I believe, uh, two more starts um, before the all-star break. We'll see how the fastball control command looks there. Uh, but he has got to spot the fastball, and he's got to get ahead with it uh, so that the other pitches can can play, unless, of course, he's going to switch up his style of pitching and start throwing the slider for first-pitch strikes, which mm-hmm. seems unlikely. So he's got to have the fastball figured out. So any reason to be concerned right now after these last couple no. starts? No. Yeah. No. Um, no. Gilbert is uh, extremely cerebral. He is a worker. It's part of the reason the Mariners fell in love with him in the draft process. It's part of the reason they called him up after only one AAA start. Uh, he's going to figure this out. Uh, he's going to make adjustments. He has throughout his entire career already. Um, you know, we've seen him change grips on the on the changeup. We've seen him throw the slider a little bit harder. Um, we've seen him embrace pitching up in the zone. Uh, so no, it, there's no cause for concern yet. Uh, you know, we get hear word, oh well, he's kind of battling some shoulder fatigue or something. Then be a little concerned, but right for now, no. And it, it's also worth noting that you know Gilbert. Yeah, hasn't pitched, you know, for four straight months uh, to start a year, really ever. I mean, remember in twenty? I remember last year he basically didn't pitch in games until May. So maybe there's a little bit of fatigue here. Maybe he needs the All Star break. We'll see how he looks with the extra days rest. But uh, no, I don't think there's any cause for concern because, like I said, I mean, if you go five innings and give up one run against the Padres, and that's a bad start. Got to feel okay about your chances going forward, right? Yeah. So on the offensive end, the Mariners gave themselves enough of a cushion to survive Gilbert's uh, rather poor start. And uh, things got a little bit interesting there for the bullpen, but they were able to hold it down uh, the uh, the rest of the way. Um, but yeah, the offense uh, comes through with six more runs. Uh, they added a, a pair of insurance runs in the top of the ninth. That was huge uh, from J.P. Crawford, a huge triple over the head of uh, Trent Grisham. Uh, but I think the MVP of the day for the Mariners was uh, Sam Haggerty, old, uh, old Ham Swaggerty, who uh, comes through with his second uh, three-hit game since being called back up. He goes three for four, including a home run off of Mike Clevenger to break the ice for the Mariners. Um, I mean, Haggerty's been pretty good so far, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there seems to be something about Dylan Moore hitting eighth and Haggerty hitting ninth which causes them both to play well at the same time. Remember the game in Texas that they basically won um, by themselves. Uh, there was another one on the homestand. I think it was against Boston, I want to say, the one game they won in Boston. I think Demo and Haggerty had, had a pretty big hand in that. Um, but, yeah, you know, Haggerty does a lot of things well. He makes a lot of contact. Uh, he runs very well. He is a competent defender no matter where you put him. Uh, there's a lot to like uh, in Sam Haggerty. There's also some, you know, major concerns. You don't want to play him every day because he will be exposed. Mm. Um, but he is a part-time player, just like Dylan Moore is. Uh, you know, you got to give these two guys credit. Uh, they're playing pretty well as they're covering for first J.P. Crawford and now Jesse Winker. Mm-hmm. And the Mariners need it because you know this wasn't a game where Julio was the star. Julio went, I mean, Julio went two for five, yeah. uh, but. They were, you know, two flare hits, and, and he struck out three times. He had a he had a tough time picking up the slider, you mm-hmm. know. And, and Suarez was zero for five, and Santana had just a single, and Raleigh, um, you know, one for four. Like there were no big performances, with the exception of Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty, uh, yeah. and then obviously JP, uh, one for four. But obviously the big triple, he did hit the ball hard two other times aside from the yeah. triple. So uh, JP's come off his suspension, and so far has looked very good. 
so yeah, I believe that's five or six hard hit balls over the last few games. Mm-hmm. So good stuff from uh, from yeah. JP. Good to see that he hasn't missed a beat. Actually, you know, it seems like he's kind of uh, fixed some things a little bit because he widened there uh, before the suspension so uh that's right. good from jp but yeah you know haggerty uh haggerty has been a solid player you know good bat to ball skills decent defender with some versatility some good speed and, and all that stuff like he's uh he's pretty valuable all around uh he did have that little um interesting mlb the show-esque uh miscue with the uh base running misclick like uh, yeah uh i'm i'm going like i i i don't think that he actually touched first Looking back on it, Jason Churchill, prospect insider, first pointed yeah. this out. Does that it really kinda, matter, though? Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Because uh, that was still a uh, really confusing. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just call it. It was it was a dumb decision by Sam Haggerty to start running to third. He the he was at second. He just reached second by the time that the ball reached second, and then he just kept running. He just kept running and running he, and running. I guess he thought he could outrun the pitcher to third base, but the problem was the pitcher was like halfway between third base and the mound. So well, like, and, and then Machado was there too, right? Like Machado was the one that ended up putting the putting the top. Uh, I, thought like that that's, was, I thought that was the pitcher. I mean, the base wasn't as uncovered as Haggerty thought it was. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Maybe he just thought. Well, they already they already booted it once, and then they the night before they had that interesting throw to third let's say and so yeah i'll take my chances i guess but uh yeah that was weird but uh, you know he, he hit the home run and they got 109 miles an hour so i guess yeah we'll him this time around yeah yeah wow i believe uh, he, sam- he, uh, he also stole a base so combo meal for uh, sam haggerty last sam night. haggerty with the uh showing flexing the muscles in this game how about that 109 <laughs> off of the bat i didn't think that he had that in him but hey. yeah why, why not? I mean, the ball was flying all over Petco Park, by the way. Uh, but not to center shoot. field. Yeah, weird. Probably right? touched that one up like to dead center field, and it just died before it got to the track. It was weird. But like, but like you know, the Mariners had 18 hard hit balls on Monday, and then I think combined the Padres and the Mariners had like 20 something hard hit balls in, in yesterday's game as well. And there was like they had already cracked 10 by the third inning or something like that. Just a yeah. lot of hard contact in this uh, in the series pretty wild yeah the mariners had 10 hard hit balls yesterday the padres had two four six eight ten thirteen so yeah yeah. um you know i mean it's kind of makes sense the i mean the mariners did a lion's share of the hard hits yesterday but yeah gilbert was in the middle of the plate so yeah he's in you know gilbert's a guy who's usually going to give a kind of hard contact because he lives on the fastball so um but yeah it was it was nice, you know, and somehow mm-hmm. the Mariners score fourteen, and the and the Padres score four. Baseball, baseball, and uh, we absolutely love it. And I was completely, completely, completely wrong on uh, our little crossover that we did with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I unfortunately said on there that uh, I didn't think the Mariners were going to be able to get a sweep. I, I thought split series at, at best. And I mean, to be fair, who can blame me given the circumstances? But hey, you know, good, you know, hats off to the to the Mariners for for what they were able to do in this series. They got dominated by Austin. Pre- it less than 24 hours before so yeah i think that was a pretty fair <laughs> yeah uh fair thought process but yeah <laughs> happy to be wrong when uh when the mariners proved me wrong yeah and 
you know, everyone uh, across this roster contributing into it. Uh, just an all-around team series. You know, not to be too cliche about it, but that's kind of what it was. Every single phase of the game was working for the Mariners in this one, and every single phase of their roster was really working for them as well. Uh, so another star from yesterday's game was Munoz, who statistically has been one of the best relievers in all of baseball over the last five or six weeks. We're going to be talking about him in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners is brought by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft their engagement ring and each ring will be a one of a kind looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing blue nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue nile.com and locked on mariners listeners get 50 dollars off purchases of 500 dollars more this podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry as well use promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-d-o-n plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever piece go to bluenile.com today you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you again for making us your first listen of the day so after gilbert struggled to get out of the six he left runners on the corners with one out and the ball was given to andres munoz who has earned the favor of scott service as of late and uh, he came through against his old team. He gave up a sacrifice fly, uh, did also walk a batter, but then went on to strike out three over one and two-thirds innings pitch. He was dominant. He touched 102 miles per hour on the radar gun. He was struggling quite a bit. He had given up five earned runs against the Red Sox on May 22nd, but since then, he struck out 27, walked just three. He's given up just three earned runs on 10 Hits. He's been incredible over the last five or six weeks. Uh, what have you seen out of Munoz? What's impressing you about him? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because a few weeks ago we were talking about, I mean, Munoz shouldn't be a guarantee to be on this roster. Uh, he was struggling yeah. that poorly. Um, and he's really turned it around. It, the one thing for me is that he's getting value out of the fastball. Um, if you remember early in the year, hitters were torching his fastball. And regardless of it being 102 miles an hour, um, it was pretty straight and it was usually in the middle of the plate. Uh, and what we're seeing right now from Munoz is that um, he's still 98 to 102, uh, but he's actually locating it on the corners a little bit. Uh, and he's, he's getting some run, some arm side run to the pitch, which um, pre pre Tommy John was something he was known for. The, the fastball wasn't straight. It did have some run to it. Um, and we're starting to see that again. You saw it on the pitch to, to uh, strike out Machado. That was a fastball up and away that had run back into Machado, mm. uh, but it was right on the corner. Uh, and that's a pitch that if it is, you know, more towards the middle of the plate, it's going a long way. Uh, but because it's on the corner, Machado has to be literally perfect with a swing to even touch it. And of course he couldn't. So um, we're seeing him control the fastball more. We're seeing him get a little more run on the fastball. And it is making the fastball a swing and miss pitch, which is mm -hmm. great because the slider was already there. So now you pair mm -hmm. a 100 mile an hour fastball with some run. Um, it's not crazy run. It's not Sandy Alcantara 100 miles per hour with 20 inches of break, um, but it is enough with the you know 90 mile per hour wipeout slider to get a tons mm -hmm. of swings and swing and misses. And that's kind of 
the role that Scott appears to be using Munoz in. Do I need a strikeout here on the sixth? Then I'm going to use Munoz. And what we are starting to see Scott also do is trust Munoz to go more than, you know, one inning. He, he's mm-hmm. going to ask him to get four outs. He's going to ask him to get five outs mm-hmm. um, when he can. And so Munoz is quickly gaining the trust of, of you know, Scott's service, rightfully so. And the Mariners are starting to get back to a point where, you know, they have maybe three guys now uh, where you can hand the ball to in a high leverage situation. And for the most part, you expect them to get it done. Uh, you know, yeah. Seawald, Castillo, Munoz, and Swanson's been a little eh, since he's returned from the IL. But yeah, yeah, he's he's track. looked a little shaky. He looked a little shaky yesterday as well. It wasn't great. Um, you know, and Penn Murphy has been pretty Edmund. good here and there for the most part. They use him in some guy. weird. They use him in some weird scenarios though. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> not down nine two against the Orioles last uh, yeah. last Monday, and here comes Penn Murphy for some reason. That should be right. Tommy Malone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I just you know Murphy's a guy they don't quite trust yet. Uh, so they're going to use him as kind of their, mm-hmm. hey, let's get out of this inning and then we'll reassess where we are. So, mm-hmm. um, and those are those are big spots. You know, you get to the sixth and your guy's gone five and two thirds, and there's runners on second and third, and George Springer's up. Hey, well, you know who's pretty good against righties? Penn Murphy. Let's go get to him, and yeah. if he gets out of it, great. And if he doesn't, well, we were down, you know, three to two anyways. So, right. uh, so we'll save Munoz and, and all of that. So. Murphy's still been pretty good. Uh, like I said, Castillo's been very good lately. Seawald certainly looks better um, his last few times out. And then uh, Swanson, right now he's just not quite – doesn't quite have the fastball command that he did earlier. Uh, but I, I, I think that will probably come. So, Yeah. Uh, so Munoz is now the American League leader in case per nine. Uh, 13.64 uh, surpassed Liam Hendricks yesterday. Um, and then, um, you know – Unfortunately, that was the only revenge game that we got in this series. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Luis Torrens, Taylor Trammell, and Ty France all on the injured list. But Colby, you um, you put out a tweet earlier today from our uh, Control the Zone account um, that uh, looked at you know that trade that brought Torrens, Trammell, France, and Munoz over from the Padres back in uh, 2020 at the trade deadline. And uh, so far, those four guys have uh, combined to earn. 8.5 uh, baseball reference war. Uh, now, Austin Nola, Austin Adams, and Dan Altavilla, the three players that went over to the Padres in that deal, have combined for just two and a half beat war. And um, honestly, yesterday, I didn't even remember that Austin Nola played in that game. <laughs> the Mariners should go get Austin Nola for like Ken Murphy. I think that's a fair trade. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's worth noting, too. I didn't put this in the tweet, but I, I did find it humorous. Uh, Ty France, this year alone, and keep in mind he's missed the last two weeks, mm. has been worth three wins wow. by himself. So, uh, A.J. Preller is very bad at his job. Yeah, the, the first half of 2022, Ty France is more valuable than anything A.J. Preller got back in that deal. That's, uh, yeah, and the, the yeah. Padres didn't end up doing anything in 2020 anyway. They made it to the postseason and the loss of the Dodgers, right? So. Uh, 2020, yes, and then 2021, the disaster. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so A.J. Preller's terrible at his job. Uh, and keep in mind that the Mariners have uh, used... Uh, they've just now started to use Munoz uh, regularly. Taylor Trammell yeah. hasn't really gotten an extended look in the big leagues <laughs> quite yet for yeah. other reasons. Um, and Luis Torrens, 
we'll see. I mean, Trent's probably is the worst piece of that trade, but you got one really good year of production from him and another so far about half a year of, of, you know, a really good backup, high quality backup catcher. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Munoz and Terenz is probably going to win that trade alone. Just those two pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that Ty France has already beaten them, all three of them in 70 games. It's okay. They, they have Eric Hosmer. They didn't need Ty France. Yeah. Uh, Dan Altavilla now, I doesn't he pitch in, isn't he pitching in Japan? Or something or Korea, I think so. I don't uh, think he's pitching in the U.S. now. He is, <laughs> Wherever he is, it is. not. No. Yeah, and then uh, Austin Adams, I think, is still with the Padres, right? Yeah, I believe we he's just, hurt again, though. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate because he is nasty when he's healthy. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a lot of fun to watch when he was with the Mariners. Uh, but yeah, chills. Jerry did it again. Uh, and uh, that's not even to mention the other trade that he made with the Padres right before the deadline, which uh, brought Matt Brash over for uh, like three innings of Taylor Williams. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, Matt Brash could be a pretty big piece of this bullpen, which is starting to surge a little bit here uh, in the uh, in the second half of the season. All right. So uh, we're going to be looking at the standings because they're starting to look a little more favorable for the Mariners after their uh, recent hot stretch. And hopefully they can keep it going. We'll be uh, looking at the standings in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. So the Mariners got even more help yesterday after sweeping the Padres. The Guardians lost in a blowout to the Tigers, which, wow, if you're getting blown out by the Tigers, you should probably look inward <laughs> a little bit. Um, and then the uh, the Blue Jays lost again to the A's. And uh, they're they're playing the A's right now, but the uh, yeah the Blue Jays have lost the first two games of the series. We'll see how they do to finish out this uh, this series and see if they can at least grab one. But right now, the Mariners are three and a half back of Toronto for the third and final wild card spot, and on top of that, uh, they're just one game back of the Guardians. Uh, so, you know, now that the uh, the Blue Jays are coming to town. There's a non-zero chance here, Colby, that the Mariners are able to play themselves into a wild card spot. A very, 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 very small chance. Want to emphasize that as much as possible here. But a chance nonetheless that with a sweep and assuming that they lose to and if they lose to the A's today as well, <laughs> the Mariners could actually solely hold on to the third and final wild card spot in the AL. Uh, heading into uh, into Washington, uh, so let's let's be more realistic here, though. Um, you know, we we set out our goals for for this stretch of games for the Mariners, um, but now seeing what they've been able to do, uh, of course they got to go uh, five and three over their next nine games uh, to to 
make it to or sorry six and four over the next 10 games to make it above it thank you uh, um by the all-star break but does that goal change a little bit for you is it like do your feelings still stay the same about the mariners heading into the all-star break if they are a couple of games under 500 uh you know if they if they stay where they're at right now um if, if they're you know a game under five but they go let's say they go five and five right they're a game under 500 um but they're still just a game back of Cleveland and three and a half back of Toronto, uh, then no, I, I think you're, you're still right where you want to be aggressiveness wise. Uh, it's still a little bit about what Chicago does behind you and what Texas does behind you and mm. what Baltimore does behind you. Not the angels though. They, they have their own issues. So um, I just, I don't know. You're going to start a two brawl. and seven since the brawl, by the way. Just yeah. You're going to sign a brawl. You, you, you better win. Uh, but Hey, good for you. You expose yourself. For nothing. Enjoy. Um, by the way, fun note, the Angels are closer to the Tigers in the standings than they are the Mariners now. But anyways, um, of course I had to throw that in there. Uh, no, I think if you go five and five, you're going to be buyers. Uh, and, you know, we talked about, you know, they're going to be buyers regardless, uh, at least for 2023. They're going to try and buy players like mm-hmm. that. But if you're right in this range come the All-Star break, and honestly probably now, you uh, you shouldn't cross rentals off of your, your checklist. I mean, if they were where the angels were and they were seven back with five to pass, then yeah, rentals probably don't make any sense, but because they're only a game back of Cleveland, because they're only three and a half back as of this recording from Toronto, uh, I mean, they've gained three games on Cleveland and they've gained uh, four games on Toronto in the last week. Yeah. Uh, they've also gained, I believe three games overall on Texas uh, kind of push them further down the standings. And they've gained, I think, two games on Chicago. So they're gaining ground fast. By the way, uh, nobody in this wild card race is playing that well. Uh, The Mariners are playing the best ball right now. Uh, And Mm. of all the non-division leading teams, the second hottest team right now is is actually the Detroit Tigers. (laughs) So. who are definitely not not. I guess I guess Riley Green has just completely changed the face of that organization. All of a I sudden. guess you know, kudos to Baltimore. They're also they've also won three in a row. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That, so by I, the way, did you see that game last night between the I Orioles? I saw and the, the highlights. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Orioles hit a game tying home run in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yeah. Like, Odor in the last inning too, because like yeah. he uh, he made an error and it allowed Simeon to get on, and then Seager followed that up with a two run home run to go ahead, and then next inning Odor hits a game tying home run. It was great. It was amazing. That game was team. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, against his former team too, and he pointed at the dugout as he was rounding third. It was great. <laughs> I love that. Odor is, Odor is kind of a a chump, but he is entertaining a lot of times. So. Uh, uh, I, I believe it was Jake Mintz of uh, Sesame's BBQ last night who said, this is the most entertaining zero war player ever. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably pretty accurate. Um, but no, yeah, I, I think the team just has to go five and five and they'll be yeah. in a good position to buy. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 they have a shot here. If they can take three or four from Toronto, even, mm-hmm. um, Toronto will still hold the wild card spot, but obviously at that point, all the momentum is with Seattle. And then, you know, the next weekend they have a shot to kind of bury the Rangers in a four game set. Uh, they go into, if 
they go into Texas or Texas comes here? I can't they, they go to Texas. So they're going, yeah, it's a really like the scheduling is at its worst here. So they go to San two Diego San for Diego. two, then come back, back home. home for four in Toronto or against Toronto. Then they're going all the way across the country to DC for two against the nationals. Then they're going back to Texas for four in, in Arlington. And then it's the all-star break. And then, uh, I don't, I, I think they're, they're back home after that, but that's, uh, that is mind numbing. I, I don't know what the schedule really, makers were thinking with why, that at all. Why wouldn't they just flip the Texas series and the Toronto series? They're both four games. Whatever. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so if they, if they take three or four from Toronto, they take three or four against Texas. Not only is Toronto, um, not only is, are, is Toronto collapsing, not only is that narrative starting, um, mm. but you also more or less bury the Rangers, uh, depending mm-hmm. on what the Rangers do between now and when you play them, um, because you could, you know, you could add two games and all of a sudden you could be up by five or six on Texas yeah. uh, heading into the break. And, and it is important, you know, we, we focus so much on the teams that are ahead of Seattle, rightfully so, but you also need to pay attention to the teams behind Seattle which right now is, is Chicago, Texas, and uh, we'll say Baltimore. And uh, for look, really the only team that I'm concerned about that group out of that group is Chicago because they have the most talent. They have the most like major league, like established yeah, it, talent. It really feels to me like the wild card, the three wild card spots are going to come down to Boston, Tampa, Toronto, Seattle, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't trust Cleveland and they're not playing very well right now, but I don't, I think Cleveland's going to collapse a little bit. I don't think they're that good of a roster. Yeah. Uh, the, the roster is just not great. I'm very surprised that they're in the position that they're in right now. Uh, obviously they have, you know, an MVP candidate and Jose Ramirez and they have Shane Bieber. Who's being Shane yeah. Bieber for the most part this year, but that's who else in that lineup scares you. No one. Like Amad no Rosario's having a good year. Oh, but. well yeah. Andres Jimenez is having a pretty good year. I mean, but is it Jimenez? Yeah, Jimenez is having a good year. Gem- yeah, awesome. yeah, Jimenez might be an all star actually. Yeah, uh, but they, uh, yeah, like I mean, outside of Ramirez, Jimenez, and uh, maybe you know a couple other guys, like they just, yeah. I mean, it's not a great roster to to Fran Mill. Yeah. Um, but even the rotation gets kind of iffy after Bieber. Or so um, yeah. they got a decent bullpen, but that's about. It's just it's not a very well put together roster. So they're gonna. I think they're going to slide, and, and Chicago should be better than they are. But I mean, I think Tony Larusa might be that incompetent. So, yeah, the fact that and that they've also suffered a lot of injuries as well. Like it's right. just kind of a getting, recipe for disaster. And they're getting there. Eloy back today, so that that should help them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's those five teams for those three spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, you know, I think Cleveland's going to slide. I think Texas is going to slide. I think Baltimore is going to slide. But you never know. They teams tend to stick around and, and we'll see how the trade deadline uh how these teams react to the trade deadline do they buy a little do they sell a little uh still a lot to be decided and that that's great seattle you know imagine you know two weeks ago us sitting here saying well we're going to be talking about the wild card standings on june 6th because the mariners are going to have a legitimate shot to go into the break you know as the leader of one of those wild card spots and, and yeah. like you said it's a very small chance but it's not zero it's not zero. zero. Seattle goes in and they go seven and three or something over these next 10. Uh, you know, all bets are off. Uh, yeah. At that point, they, they've got a decent shot to be in the lead or the very least within a game or two of a team like Toronto, who is 
fading a little bit. They've lost five in a row. So we'll see what happens. Uh, big series, obviously, this weekend. But, uh, you know, I, I would say they've already avoided the disaster scenario, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going one and five or oh and six. So if they could just take even two from Toronto, I'd be pretty happy with that. That That's a really good week for Seattle. Yeah, that would be massive. Yeah, that would be massive. Yeah. Even if they get one, honestly, I feel decent about that. Just don't get swept basically and and i think you feel pretty good and hey you know who knows baseball is weird i I had no expectations of them being able to do what they did down in san diego so you know in toronto they're catching toronto at probably the best time best possible time Mm -hmm. that they could so uh, that offense right now and we'll talk about it you know on tomorrow's episode but the offense right now is really struggling for toronto it's really starting to capitalize yeah and i mean not to mention their pitching right starting pitching right now is in a bit of a flux because Gossman's getting scratched on Thursday. There's still a possibility he makes a start against Seattle, particularly on Sunday. And the reason Sunday is an issue is because Yusei Kikuchi is unfortunately not found consistency with his new team. And and there's calls to remove him from the rotation already. So uh, yeah, the Blue Jays rotation kind of up in the air right now. And also Gossman has kind of gone the opposite direction of Robbie Ray over the last, you know, month or so. So Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, obviously momentum's only as good as the next day starting pitcher. If the Mariners go out there and strike out 12 times against Barrios, then it doesn't matter that the that the Blue Jays have won or had lost six in a row or whatever. You know, right. so yeah. we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, big series, uh, you know, on a big home series against a I, I don't want to call him a rival, but some people like to think they're a rival for some reason. Yeah, uh, especially with my personal connection to uh, to both teams, uh, I, I I have a I have a little extra something something here uh, heading into the series, and uh, also you know all the Canadians that come down to Seattle makes it kind of a, a road game in a way for the Mariners, and uh, that's annoying. Um, I, I've always been I've always sat next to nice Canadians. I, that's never been a problem for me, but I do hear a lot of stories about like rude yeah. Canadians coming down. I'm like mm, okay. No. Are you just mad because they were there at all? Is, is that really what it is? <laughs> that's uh, that's true. It could be that, yeah. Yes, but uh, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be a good time. Yeah. Oh, by all the right, way, well, that's... If, you guys, if you guys are looking for a sign to bring to the ballpark, I would take Ty's suggestion and uh, just ask him what time the Leafs game is on. <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one all right well that's gonna do it for our show thank you so much for joining us here on the locked on mariners podcast for colby patnode i'm tidy gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow inside the mariners at inside mariners you can follow me at dane gonzalez the c-a-n-e g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 that's c-p-a-t-1-1 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every single day now make your second listen of the day locked on mlb prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.